From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Reich talks to us about how the school's student-athlete culture can help assist for a smoother transition at a new job, the positive characteristics that makes up a successful intern, and the importance of genuine interactions with your networking. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Stephen Reich. He's currently the Assistant Director of Sports Performance at Grand Canyon University. Prior to GCU, he was an Assistant Director of Sports Performance at Northwestern University, and he has also had stops at the Citadel and Georgia Tech. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at GCU? Yeah, so I'm the assistant director of sports performance for women's basketball and then track and field. So those are my two sports here. Um, I'm on a staff of, let's see, I think it's six total. So we have two GAs. Um, then our director, uh, Coach Gabe Borland, uh, our associate director, uh, Mike Enrique, and then... Um, and then we have a couple of assistants. You got Kyle Porter, uh, Clark Kerfman, and then for recently, one of the newest guys to the staff, uh, Jordan Jackson. He's the men's basketball uh, strength coach or sports performance coach. Nice. And can you tell me a little bit more about the weight room culture that you try to establish when you first got to GCU? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's different because at when I first got here, every school I had been so far, uh, Georgia Tech when I was an undergrad, the Citadel um, when I was a GA and associate director, and then even Northwestern when I was uh, assistant, one of the assistants there, like school was very 
rigorous. And when you would walk around campus, the the vibe was always, I want to say like a mutual stress or like a mutual kind of like struggle, if you will, but you didn't see as many smiles. So when I first got here in January, um, I'm walking around campus and there's a lot more kids smiling. It's also a bigger campus too, but I think the weather has a lot to do with it. Um, I don't think so much because, you know, you could still find hard majors or harder majors here as well. But the, the vibe that, that kind of more, I don't want to say a happier campus vibe that um, was immediately, I noticed that immediately in the weight room. Um, And that kind of fit me because I've always thought that when it comes to weight room culture, um, you want to make the training environment fun. I remember when I was an intern um, under uh, coach Ciano and and coach Paduzzi, you know, me as an intern, I would kind of get the the non-travel you know, the last, the last three racks, if you will, if, if you've worked with football, you kind of know, <laughs> like when you, when you have the racks, I got the last two. So like the walk on kickers. Um, and so I would always, the only way I was ever going to get them to do exactly what the workout was without them kind of going on is like to make it fun. And so, you know, the, the campus vibe really fit that with me. And, and what do I mean by making it fun? It's not, like no rules, just do whatever you want. But you know, that means the easy things like the standard is high, but there's always going to be music going. And sometimes that music is what you like. Sometimes it's not what you like, but the, it's always going to be upbeat. So you're never going to come in, listen to, you know, the slowest Adele songs or, you know, classical music. Like you're always going to have, even if it's EDM and you don't like it, which is kind of like what I train to. So sometimes you know, the athletes always let me know if I've been leaning too heavily into that genre, but there's always going to be a lot of beats per minute, if you will. And, um, and yeah, and so it's always an upbeat atmosphere where you get work done, but you have fun doing it, you know? And if you do something wrong, like it's not me attacking you for doing something wrong, me coaching you up. That's just what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, I've had a lot of buy-in from that, from athletes. And I know that for, you know, some coaches out there, it's more militaristic, if you will, but kind of just my background and my biggest mentors, they've had to find creative ways to get athletes to number one, buy in, but the number two, like, how can you complement the stressors that are already outside at the, with their school? So like at the Citadel, for instance, the, the military life, like kids are taking 24 hours of classes. I don't even know what that is like. You know, I was taking, I, I went to Georgia tech and you know, I was a business man, uh, business management major. So some could say that I took an easier route than engineering, but you know, even 13, 14 hours was tough for me, but taking 24 is crazy. And the weight room was an escape for a lot of the athletes there. Um, and you know, and sometimes people on the outside will, will think like, Oh, we just get a lot of, you know, goody two shoes, people that just want to, you know, work out and train hard. No, we, we didn't. <laughs> like the, the culture that, uh, coach Boucher, like you see in the, in the social media stuff that are the cl- training clips that he shares, that's been established over, you know, the, the 11, 12, I think he might be going on 13 years that he's been there and him really putting a focus on the training environment. So to circle back off of all those tangents, like that's kind of that fun, hardworking training atmosphere is the culture that I try and install on my teams. But then also too, when we help out with each other's teams now, especially with COVID, I try and implement with other teams too, you know? 
Absolutely. And that's very important when you're trying to build that buy-in and build in that culture. Now, you had mentioned Georgia Tech and the Citadel and even Northwestern, and those are some really well-established cultures with a good you know, coaching tree and lineage. What would you say is the one characteristic that you took from the, that place that helped make you successful and something that you try to instill in your own interns and staff? Right. So I guess one thing that I, I kind of focused on in the, in the very beginning was, was just my team roles. Um, but another big piece is that I'm also a uh, director of our internship program. It's currently been put on hold. So I've been doing an internship program remotely and then having clandestine uh, meetups with them outside. It's socially distant. So it can still kind of develop the three that we have. Um, but I take a great passion in that. And in terms of that culture of that hard work, but having fun doing it, I think that carries over. I kind of almost as like my third team with the, with the interns because that, you know, I'm going to work them harder probably than most of their classes, most of their professors, because that's how I was, I was worked, you know, and then, you know, kind of growing up in the field when I was an undergrad intern in the same shoes as our undergraduate interns here. Um, I had a lot of kind of, uh, I guess the easiest way to explain it is like guided freedom. So, you know, coach Baduzzi, he, he, he would kind of left it up to me. It's like, I can be as involved as I want to be. So it's like, okay, well, I want to, I, this is what I want to do. Um, despite, you know, coach Siano, before he left for the Buffalo bills, he tried to talk me out of it several times. So just being like, dude, you have a George tech degree. Like you don't want to be a strength coach. And, but I did, I loved it. And so I got, I went all in and that's kind of the, that guided freedom was awesome starting off for me. But then what I also learned when I was at the Citadel and we had undergraduate interns is that sometimes you don't know what you don't like the upcoming interns, like they don't know what they don't know, you know, especially if you're having, you know, for me, my undergraduate degree wasn't in strength and conditioning. So a lot of my studies were self-guided of me trying to find books that other people had going on Amazon before it got really crazy and being able to find those books. And then me sitting in the back of class, reading those books instead of paying attention to my, you know, accounting to professor or my, you know, strategic management and stuff. I was reading about, you know, the, the, I was trying to read super training or diving into the tears, Joe Ken's tears system. Um, like those were the, those were the things that I, uh, going over all of Joe DeFranco's, um, the, his, his archive of all the, the articles that he had wrote way back in the day. Um, I, I can't even remember the, what was it? Was it boring, but it wasn't boring, but big. It was, um, golly, I can't, I'll have to find it. Cause I haven't saved on my hard drive, but, uh, <laughs> but all of those, but, um, that's what I was doing. But interns now, when their schooling is exercise science, they think they're getting kind of what they need to know instead of like the programming and whatnot. So for me, it was nice to be able to see like, okay, you got to have some intuition. You got to have some initiative. You got to have that, that freedom to be able to, to learn your style, learn your philosophy, et cetera. But a lot of the, the upcoming interns, you also have to have a guided curriculum, you know, and like the curriculum I use is, is, 
I would say that I've built on it a little bit, but it was mostly stemmed from uh, Coach Jim Caritzi. He's at Kennesaw State now. He put it together for uh, Coach Boucher when we we're all on staff together, and I've leaned heavily in on it because I feel like that has really developed some good interns. It's a good mix of the the practical side, which is you know that practical coaching experience. Um, I'm a big believer in holding your feet to the fire on day one, so chances are like – if I have a fresh crop of interns, I'm going to coach them up on how to do, you know, a three station warm up, and I'll give them a little glute station and then, all right, go at it and then coach them up from there. But then on the flip side of it too, the curriculum itself from like the books, the book smarts in like, we've also um, done a good job of, of managing that and, and whether it's, you know, refining it every year so it doesn't get boring to me. Um, but then also too, like new interns come along with new passions or, or new ideas and then it's like, hmm, that would be a good assignment. And then adding it in, you know, so like that's kind of in terms of like a workplace culture. Every time I've been a part of an internship program, that's been it. It's been, you know, like the making sure they have the freedom to make mistakes and putting themselves in in the in those shoes to be able to do that and learn from them. But then also to like guiding them for where they need to like dive into in terms of their own personal you know, professional development. And what would you say is the one or two characteristics that makes for a successful intern? I definitely agree with you when you say that interns could be carry the responsibility of a, training their own, your yes. own team. Like you spend yeah. a lot of effort and a lot of time on them initially a lot, to yeah. you know, integrate them into your program. And it's, it, it's a lot of work and, you know, I know what it's like at sometimes when I bring in my interns and at the beginning, there's just a lot of effort and trying to show yes. them how we do things. But in the long run, it pays off. They go on to be great coaches. Yeah. So what is the one or two characteristics for that? You know, when I would first when I first took over the internship program at Northwestern, I was the first one to think like, oh, well, we need energy, you know, energy, enthusiasm. Like you need to be those guys until until you get an intern that has those things but has a terrible influence on the kids. Like he has energy enthusiasm, but then like would rather be friends with them than, uh, than their coach and whatnot. So then it's like, you always like think of like these kind of buzzwords and it's like, Oh, everyone's got to have initiative or everybody's got to have, um, the, like the energy enthusiasm. Everybody's got to be, have a voice, have a coaching voice. And for me, I think the biggest thing, every successful intern I've had has been very coachable and coachable to the extent of like, they will, they are hungry for feedback. Every time they do something, it's like, how was that? How was that? Can I do more? And I want to be, and this is what I tell them is like, I want to be annoyed with your questions. Like, I want to have to like, tell you to go away, leave me alone. And I don't even stop it at interns. I also think of it as GAs too, graduate assistants. You know, I know you think they're going away. And then, you know, I look on the strength coach network Instagram. I feel like there's been a lot of postings for GAs and maybe that's because, you know, COVID things that's changing things back around. But for me, like anytime you're in a position and you know, it could also even be full-time coaches too, like hungry for feedback, being coachable, you know, for me having a brand new coach who's had tremendous a brand new basketball coach who's had tremendous success at our former school. Like I'm seeking feedback from her. Like I, I want to be coachable. You know, I, I want to be able to fit her program um, 
and and give what what she needs. So I think that's the kind of the thing that that I look back on all the most successful interns going all the way back from when I was just associate director at the the Citadel, just fresh out of being a GA. I look back, we had a thing called, we basically split up our internship program between um, having interns that wanted to be strength coaches, interns that maybe they don't know if they want to be strength coaches or not, but they were big believers in the dog pound and a lot of times either former athletes or for, former like student managers. We had weight room managers that would clean the weight room and then provide us helpful services. And then they would get to use the weight room. Um, and sometimes they would go on the leadership track, but you basically kind of had like two curriculums. I thought that was incredibly successful there, but no matter what, like they were always coachable and they wouldn't get defensive either. Like, so when you would give them feedback, like every time, like, especially if you're going to hold their feet to the fire and you're in the middle of a session, like sometimes that feedback's going to be abrupt. Like, Hey, you're, <laughs> I need the, there it's 5.00 AM and you're doing laying down glute exercises. There, some of those girls' eyes are closed, like get them on their feet. Like that's the easiest way to like guard against it. And even though me saying that to them, um, in a demanding way is, is a lot like, Oh snap. Am I messing up? Like, I don't want them to think like, Oh, coach Wright's mad at me. Like, no, I'm not mad at you all. I just want them standing up and do it fast because you know, like we got to get ready for a lift and being demanding, but not demeaning and then being able to handle it and not get defensive is the biggest thing, you know? And you see that a lot of times too. It's like the, the being a successful intern. A lot of times, if you're just using the team comparison, is, is a lot like you see with the most successful athletes too. Like the most successful athletes are the ones that are most coachable and it's, it holds true to the, to the interns as well. Um, and yeah, I look back on them all and, and sometimes too, you know, it gets, they, they learn through your internship that being a strength coach isn't for them, you know, like a, being a collegiate strength coach, like maybe, you know, they find out they want to do more private sector or more personal training. And I think for me, sometimes I look at other internship programs, it's like, ah, the guy just couldn't cut it. And for me, I think of it in a bigger picture frame of like, they, our internship experience for them was good enough and in-depth enough to where they potentially stopped themselves from making a, a, a bad career choice. And they were able to find direction sooner and then being tremendously successful, you know, like I have one former intern from Northwestern coach ZT, Zach Tellender. He found out through, I wouldn't say through our internship, but just that next experience after the internship that collegiate strength and conditioning just wasn't going to be for him. And now he's got 150 plus thousand YouTube subscribers. He's working for juggernaut uh, training systems which is part of the curriculum for our programming, like periodization piece. Like that's a big resource that we use for Chad Wesley Smith and the system he's created. Like now he's, now he's part of that. Like he's creating content that now I'm using in our internship curriculum. And you know, the biggest thing for him is like me and him had some knockdown drag out, very in-depth talks about what it meant to be a college strength coach, the the bigger picture when you're part of an, an administration or part of an organization, like you can't just do your own thing. Like you can't just 
like go rogue. Like there are rules. And like, even though you might disagree with the rules, the rules are in place for, you know, reasons that you're either on board with or you're not. And it's just awesome to see that. And I think that that's a big piece that sometimes people kind of can lose sight of too. I know that's this is just another tangent, but people can lose sight of like that experience of like, obviously you want to have your interns be come become strength and conditioning coaches, but sometimes they don't know that they, they think that they want to be it, but it doesn't mean that they need to leave the field altogether. Like there's all these different branches and that that was me learning that that was one of the reasons why I added a piece like career field uh, or understanding the field and all the av- different avenues you can go to. That's why I've added that to the curriculum because you can just like, you don't know, like if you're doing an internship here, you think that's all there is, is collegiate strength conditioning. But now there's these private facilities that train either former athletes or just, you know, your normal weekend warriors, but they train like a, uh, like a, a collegiate strength and conditioning team. You have groups, you know, 10 to 15, however many your gym can fit in. And then you train them at times. I got these groups and you do periodized training programs. You know what I mean? Like the four specific the goals of the blocks, the same thing you would do for collegiate athletes, same exact thing. And a lot of times you're using the same awesome looking equipment. So like people are excited to be there and that is strength and conditioning. So like to say, that's not a strength coach. Like, I don't know, you know, like, you know, especially during COVID times, like a lot of times that's a very lucrative Avenue right now for a lot of colleges, you know, for, especially when you, you, know, you, you got strength coaches picking noses, doing COVID tests, like putting yourselves at risk. Like, well, maybe, maybe doing, you know, uh, having my own gym isn't such a bad idea sometimes, you know, and I know that sometimes, not, you know, politically correct to say, but that's just the reality of COVID times. I hope that answered your question about intern culture. <laughs> no, you definitely did. And I want to unpack a little bit more about what you were talking about there and the current situation about GA. I, I've seen and I've talked to a few oh. coaches that want to get rid of the GA position altogether or very big proponents of it. Or, yeah. you know, I've seen programs that, take their GA position and just make it a part-time coach and pay him that way. And then also you've worked with coach Tim Karen, who I just featured on the, on the podcast at Georgia tech. And he also had some ideas of how coaches should go about, you know, making money and making revenue and how the profession has evolved, especially in and through COVID. He did. He, I worked with him for like three weeks and he gave me the, he, he said he never remembered this piece of advice, but he said, never stop paying your dues. And, you know, I think I talked to you last night about this, but he, he doesn't remember it, but it made such a, had such a profound effect on me. Just that one little sentence and like looking up to him and he was, you know, he was one of the, the, the bigger Jack guys on staff. So everything he said was gold. And to me, sometimes when I'm trying to find, when I feel like I'm not you know, I'm scrapping to find ways to add value uh, to Grand Canyon University. Like sometimes that is what I have to go back to. Like every single thing I say to either athletes or even interns, like that is an opportunity to make a profound impact that they're going to remember that phrase, you know, even if it's like a, you know, a Reichism or whatever, like some of my athletes have made fun of me for some of the things I've said. Um, and I don't even remember, but like that's, that's an opportunity to, to really direct and guide somebody. So, um, so yeah, like he's a prime example of like what he does at Allegiant. Like I follow him and I'm like, 
that's phenomenal. You know, like it looks like such like a fun training environment that people want to be a part of that community. You know, like a lot of people bash CrossFit because, you know, and sometimes rightfully so, like they do some crazy things sometimes, but what you can't bash on them at all for is just the community. And even like you could take the worst CrossFit coach, but then the community and the culture of that box is one where people are holding each other accountable, like person to person, like, Hey, are you going to the 5 PM, uh, <laughs> training session or whatever, you know, like class or whatever you would call it. Are you going to the 5 PM group and like holding each other accountable? Like that's what us as strength coaches are asking our athletes to do all the time is to be able to hold each other accountable. Like, did you get enough sleep? Are you eating? Are you making the right decisions off the, off the court or off the field? Like they're doing that in real life. So uh, sometimes it's, it, you can't, you know, like you can have maybe a, a disagreement on the training philosophies, if you will, but the culture, like that's something that, that sells. Um, but to go back to the, I guess the first part of that question with the GA positions, you know, I was a GA and I had to be a GA because my undergraduate degree was in business management. And I, you know, I lucked up, I was able to, you know, get into the health exercise uh, and sports science department at the Citadel master's program. So I was able to get my master's in the field that I wanted to be in. And a lot of that also was me having to do self-study. Like, you know, I got my certifications all on my own. I failed a bunch of finals at Georgia tech because I thought that I had to drive and take the tests in Montgomery, Alabama that just happened to be during finals week. So I was like, well, even if I did really well, like my GPA is not going to go that much higher. <laughs> like, you know, it's my senior year. Like it's not going to go. What's done is done. So, you know, I kind of took, took the L on some finals, but then I was able to pass my CSCS um, while in undergrad, which is, which is tough. And I also think the test has probably gotten a lot harder to be honest. Um, but, you know, so I was able to get what I needed for the jury, get into the program and I needed to, to be that GA and, you know, coach Boucher, like me being a, a graduate assistant, like he's on my Mount Rushmore of, of mentors, you know, like, and just to show you how much he means to me, like he married my wife and I, he's one of my best friends. I, my family love, he is family. And he also made, like, he brought some of our conversations and some of the tough love that he gave me, you know, just like a coach would to an athlete, you know, like, there were a lot of times I was in tears in his office, like just happened to hear, you know, either hard truths or just figuring things out. And I think that the GA position, like if you're trying to hire finished product coaches or coach, and we're never really all finished products, but like coaches who are maybe older coaches who maybe already have a master's that's where you just kind of get in the sticky situation of what I think that role should be in terms of, in terms of like, it's a developmental coach. And so whichever way you want to frame it up in the, the staff structure of whether you give them some teams or whether you just have them assist with all teams, it can be done successful any way there. But I also think, and this is just my opinion, but like that should be kind of almost like that, that bridge from an intern to a full-time staff. And the reason I think that is, is because you can give them more responsibility than an intern from even from a liability standpoint, like you can, you can give them control of maybe if you're not giving them control of like a team, you're giving them control at least of a portion of a team or a, or a responsibility amongst the staff. You know, maybe it's <laughs> equipment, uh, 
inventory or like there's these little things you can give them responsibilities for that get that you can't give interns an unpaid intern. Like I think that at some schools you might be able to give unpaid interns kind of responsibilities of, of teams or, or portions of teams or, you know, what have you administrative stuff. But I just feel like when you're a graduate assistant, because you're a student and an employee of the university, like it maybe looks better on paper for compliance or what have you. But I think that that position can be a real big benefit if you use it and hire it the right way. But I feel like if you hire, if you were to hire somebody who has a ton of experience, who maybe has even been a full-time coach before, and then they don't have as much responsibility or they don't, want to be able to assist like every team or whatever you have to be able to fit in your organization. Like that's where you kind of the, you run into some issues, I think, or at least what I have seen from when we've had GAs, maybe in those similar kind of kinds of situations, you know, like a graduate assistant should know they want to be a collegiate or be a strength coach. And, um, but yet at the same time, they also need to be hungry and seek the knowledge and the mentorship of the other, the full-time members on the staff. You know, like for instance, we have two, one of them was one of my former interns at Northwestern, which is, you know, a crazy turn of fate. Um, but he assists me with track and field. And when I'm out at basketball practice, I rely heavily on him, Mitchell, uh, coach Mitch, like he, Weisenhofer, he, is a, a tremendous help. And for me, he's my lead assistant on track and field. So when he's applying for jobs and they're, and they're talking to me, like, I don't say, Oh, he's just a GA, you know, like, no, he's my head assistant for track and field. A lot of times he's the first point of contact because if I'm on the court, like the track coach isn't coming to our track program is tremendously successful. Um, but the, so the coach isn't going to come to the basketball court, like, Hey, coach, right. What do you, what do you think about this? Like, no, he's going to come in the weight room and see, you know, is it me or coach Mitch there? A lot of times it's, it's, it's coach Mitch. So like I treat him as my head assistant, you know, for track and field. And then the interns, I would treat him as like the little assistants, you know, if they, if we had them around, um, our other GA Sarah, she just got here. We just, just hired her and she, you know, we have a coaching school plan for tomorrow. You know, she's three weeks in, she's already seeking guidance and mentorship. Love it. You know, absolutely love it. And, you know, if you were to hire somebody older, who maybe already has a master's degree, they're not going to, they're not going to seek that mentorship. So I don't know. You can, a good boss, a good hiring, you're going to be able to figure out whatever way works for you. But I hope that position doesn't get taken away because when you have the paid intern positions, that's also a potential bridge the gap. And maybe a person already has like a master's degree or what have you. Um, but then you still run into that same issue of, I think it's going to draw maybe an older strength coach or a more seasoned strength coach who maybe is only going to need it to figure out that next thing or what have you. And I find that, you know, when you have that and that, that constant turnover, at least with the graduate assistant, a lot of times that turnover is a little bit longer period. You know, and if you have a system in place, then it's not as abrupt, but for a paid intern, maybe the, the people applying to it are a little bit different and thus when you have that and that limit, you know, that limits kind of your pool of candidates, sometimes it can be, you know, a little bit more difficult, but I've also seen it work that way too. You know, uh, um, Richard Kim, coach Kim, he was an intern for mine at Northwestern. He was able to secure a paid internship position at, um, 
at DePaul. And he's absolutely crushing it. They're trying to make it a full, you know, trying to find him a full-time position last I, last I talked to him. And that was the perfect situation for him. And in his role, you know, like he gave up his, his, uh, I'm not going to say which insurance firm because I always get it. I always mix it up. It's either Allstate or State Farm. Um, or it's probably not either one of those two. I probably just forgot it, but he always mess. He always gives me a hard time for messing that up. But anyways, he gave up his lucrative insurance, uh, career to intern for free with me and then be able to find, you know, a, a paid internship position, which will hopefully come into a full-time position. So I've seen it work both ways, you know, just for me, even just long-term future, I would love and hope that, you know, the graduate assistants don't become extinct, you know, just because of my own experience and how much it shaped me and how much of a benefit it can be. And it can be done in a professional way too. You know, some people say, well, it's not world-class or it's not, uh, if you get a graduate assistant, it's going to be a lower level of care that we can provide the student athletes. Yeah. Like if you hire a really bad one, it definitely will be, you know, (laughs) or if you don't have a system in place of, of, um, you know, or a good staff culture, like it's definitely going to be that, that detrimental for the student athletes. But um, if you don't, you do it well, it can be really good. We'll be right back. The GymWire Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does GymWire do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at GymAware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the GymAware team directly. That's definitely some good advice. And how important would you say is networking in our profession? And what's some advice for some interns or graduate assistants or even full-time coaches trying to get another job? How, how important would you say is networking for that? And how, in your opinion, is a good way to approach networking in our profession? So for me, I think... The all, every time I've gotten a position, it's been through me lucking up, you know, lucking up and not me lucking up and knowing the right people, but me lucking up and having the, the right people n- <laughs> know about me, if you will. I don't know that sounds cliche, but, you know, for me, it's uh, for me. So, for instance, the, you know, when I applied for the Northwestern position, I knew uh, Mike Schweigert, one of my best friends. I knew him because I met him at the CSCCA conference and we had meaningful conversations. I added him on Facebook and then he would share stuff about The Walking Dead back when the show was really good and like I would interact with him. And it wasn't fake interaction where it's like, oh, we know what do you think about this? It was genuine interaction. So then every time at the conferences, you know, once a year because I was in Charleston, He's in Chicago. That'd be the only time we'd really cross paths. Um, we would catch up and it would be genuine 
interaction. And sometimes I feel like social media, because it's so easy to just follow another coach, the interactions can almost seem like fake, you know, and I follow you. I like your stuff. Like that means they must really know me, but how many times have you like really talked and opened up? You know, I also felt some of it too, with the, with during COVID and the quarantines, like you had a lot of people just, I felt, or I was even a part of some zooms where people just wanted to be a part of zooms just to say that, just to make a post about them being a part of the zoom, you know, as opposed to like, <laughs> I, me and me and Mike tried to put together a, a zoom for our coach or kind of like an extended coaching tree, if you will, just to kind of mix social circles. And we got in some really in-depth uh, conversation of like former interns some GAs, people from all different walks of life. And, uh, and it was an amazing conversation and all those people like know each other now. And so that's always been something for me that I found has always, uh, I don't want to say is a passion, but the mixing of social circles is it provides fulfillment for me in the field because our field is very unique in the terms of, I can just blindly reach out to somebody and nine times out of 10, I'm going to get a response, you know, especially if it's like, our teams are competing against each other. A lot of times that's not the case. And I learned about it through just, you know, my wife's a nurse and I was like, Oh, why don't you just, you know, talk to the, invite that nurse to dinner or what, or one of her coworkers dinner. It's like, no, I haven't talked to her. Or it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's different. Same in like my friends in the finance world. It's like, they're not Facebook friends with their workers. And it's like, well, darn, I'm Facebook friends with people I've uh, wet, never worked with and probably never will work with. And I only see them once a year, but like we're Facebook friends and we'll reach out to each other and stuff. Um, but for me coming up, I think it's hard to tell a GA or an intern like, oh, you should be networking. You should be networking. All right. What does that mean? Should I just email my resume to a bunch of people? No. You know, like that's like the stuff that is annoying to coaches. And, and I say it's annoying. It's like, well, I give them props for the effort, right? Because it's like, you could be doing nothing. So it's like the next lower level step of interaction is like just sending blind emails out. And when you do that, like you can tell right off the bat, I know you've probably seen applications where it's like, okay, did you even, do you, you know, do you even know where my school is? <laughs> like, did you, you know? Um, so like when you do that, like it just doesn't seem real. And that real interaction doesn't make me want to get to know you. You know, so then the next step up is like, all right, well, invest. How do you do that? Invest a little bit in the person you're reaching out to. So whether that's like, um, like Dave, uh, Dave Feely, he, um, when he was at, I want to say it was Miami of Ohio. I saw a video of him talking about how they train their non-travel football team. And coach Boucher had just tasked me with training on travel football team. And I was like, I'm going to send him my program and talk about the video that he did and share some of my notes and my takeaways, how I applied it to mine and just see his thoughts. Maybe he'll apply. Maybe he won't. He set up a call and we had a coaching school, you know, and if I just messed up what schools he was at, like, then I apologize coach. <laughs> but like, it's, it was so long ago when I was at GA, um, but like that was really meaningful for me. And, you know, he since moved on to, 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 to bigger power five programs, but like that still is just, I'll never forget it, you know, or even coach Batson from Clemson when I was just an intern and reached out to him. I was at Georgia tech. First off, 
had no idea even had my number on, you know, when I provided it, like, what am I even doing? But I was asking about um, a GA position that they had opened up, but not asking in terms of me wanting to apply, but just asking in terms of, uh, of what they look for in candidates. Because I knew that, like, they were probably going to hire it way sooner than I was about to graduate. And, you know, they probably also had a bunch of requirements. Like I know it was behind the eight ball and it was out of my, out of my shop, but I at least wanted to know what a, a big name strength coach is or a well-established strength coach is looking for in graduate assistant candidates. He calls me and we talk for like 30 minutes. He Clemson, he's still there. Like they've won. He's the same strength coach winning national championships every, it's been, it's phenomenal, you know, him and, and, uh, uh, Coach Smotherman, Adam, it's just, it's crazy how, once again, that, that small impact of, of, and he probably just realized that it wasn't me just cold calling like, oh, coach, here's my resume. Hope you look, consider me. It's like, no, like, what are you looking for? You know, inter- do you have any advice for interns? What do your interns do? And, you know, he probably doesn't even remember me, but I remember that. And my dad took a picture of us talking at the center field before the football game. So, you know, my dad thought it was cool, but, um, those types of real interactions is what you have to do um, to build a relationship and build a rapport. And really all it is is investment, you know, and it's the same thing we tell our athletes, like invest, invest, invest in the weight room, invest in your recovery, invest in your nutrition. Like, and all this is, is investing in the person and that's going to make them want to feel obligated to, to invest back, you know? And I think that's a, a big thing that gets sometimes lost. If you just tell blindly, you know, young up and coming coaches, like network, network, network's the most important thing, you know, follow everybody, like everything, comment, comment, this or that, like, no, ask specific questions, you know, if you want to know something and like, maybe they don't get back to you. Oh, well, move on to, you know, like they have the right to not get back to you if they don't want to, like they're probably busy, especially during COVID times with a million different things, but invest in them. And I would say nine, nine times out of a hundred, they're going to invest back in you and remember you. Oh, you asked me a specific question about my track program. Oh, you asked this specific question and you asked it at the worst possible time, but here's my, you know, here's the answer at that. And we set up a coaching school and then, you know, maybe they're, maybe you forget about them because they're a dud, but the chances are those are the one people that you remember. And especially when you have, um, you know, stuff like the strength coach network, on Instagram posting all these positions, like a lot of times I'm like sending out, you know, the sharing those posts with people that have just reached out during COVID times and like genuinely reached out, you know, and you know, who knows, I can't really give you a reference because I've never worked with you, have no idea. But at the same time, I can maybe give you an experience with maybe it's a coach that I know to know, like, okay, here's what they look for in candidates. So, you know, make sure you're, you're, if you're strong in this area, then I would apply. But if not, I might not, you know, and like this kind of just, uh, I don't want to call it wisdom, but it's, it's advice. Advice is probably a better term. <laughs> and that definitely does work out. I've had a whole bunch of people just cold called me and you could tell it's just a copy and pasted email asking me if I had any GA spots open. What is your philosophy? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But there there have been a few that I've been able to talk to because they asked very specific questions and they had something very specific about what I was doing at MSU yeah. Denver and what they've seen and what they've heard. And they, it was a very good question. So I'm more inclined to answer it. And even like what you said with coach Batson, it was a random question out of a blue 
on a position that you knew you weren't qualified for, but you wanted to ask what he was looking for. And he called you up out of the blue and kind of left an impact on you, even though, you know, he had no idea who you are. And I think that's something important to take away from. You had said yourself that, you know, invest in your network and it'll invest back in you. And I think that's a big takeaway from this whole story and, and how things worked out and pay attention and really ask very specific questions when you're talking to somebody new and let's see how it turns out. Now you had mentioned your, your wife and everything you got going on there. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you prevent burnout and how you go about finding a way to integrate your life with your profession? Yeah. So, uh, Becky Reich is my best friend. Um, she, is a nurse. Um, she actually today, December 3rd, she is her first day at her, uh, her new hospital. So hope she's having a good one, but you know, in terms of balance, she, she loves that. I have a passion and I love serving athletes. She, um, you know, if I didn't have the right partner in this, that would make the job a lot harder. And, you know, a lot of times too, a lot of the advice I find myself giving interns is sometimes like the life advice of you got to make sure you're, you're choosing someone that understands the requirements of, you know, the, the job or the field, or, or at least understands, you know, the why behind what you do, you know, cause like some people just love being in the weight room for the long hours. like some people love that and it doesn't make sense to anybody, you know, or it doesn't make sense to, to others. Um, and what balance to you might be being in the weight room for, you know, a 12 hour day, you know? Um, but like, if you don't have a partner that's going to understand that or has such a drastically different lifestyle to where it's like, how come we can't go to dinner and go out for drinks with my friends on a, on a Tuesday night? Like, how come, why not? Or why? I don't understand why you're so tired to, you know, go and do some extracurricular activity. Or I don't understand why we, can't go home for Thanksgiving break, or we can't, you know, do something, um, with my friends or go on a bit on a, why do we have to (laughs) get married in March during spring break versus I wanted a, you know, a winter wedding or or fall wedding or what have you like, you got to make sure you're clearly communicating what the field is like to your partner, because you don't want to have surprises and you don't want to go to where you go and get married, you have kids, you start a family. And then all of a sudden it's like the surprise of like, Oh, I thought the field was going to change once you had kids or, Oh, I thought that the, it would get easier if you got a director position, you know, like you got to under, you got to clearly communicate from the get go, like what the expectations are in your field or even your school or what have you, or the, the possible job insecurity, you know, like those are conversations that need to be had and they're tough conversations too. You know, so that's where, you know, I could see a lot of people maybe don't have them with their potential mates to where then these things become surprises. And then it's, you see sometimes too, you see these coaches who then, you know, you're 45 and single or you're 45 and divorced. And I'm not saying those people did that or whatnot, but it's tough. You know, the field is very time demanding and whatnot. It's very fluid. It's very dynamic. And that's why you got to have a partner invest in you and all coaches say like, 
you know, you see a lot of time, like, you know, football coaches now, cause it's mainly in season, like all the time thanking their wives, or you see these like support groups for coaches, wives. And sometimes I think it's like silly, but then other times it's like, well, at least they can like, you know, vent together, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's my wife, Becky thinks it's nuts, like having to have support groups or whatever, but we're both very, I don't know if it's independently in the, dependently independent or what have you, but like, we're both okay. Like I'm okay with this. She wants to go home and you know, her, uh, we just got a new niece. Um, her brother just had their first child. And so she might go home and visit in December. And, um, I'm not going to be upset that if I can't go, you know, like I understand and I'm perfectly okay with it. It is a bummer, but I also just know, you know, the responsibilities that I have. And she was, she's also, she obviously is sad. Obviously she would want me to go, but at the same time, she also understands that I'm not gonna be able to make everything, you know, but on the flip side of it, when I am, you know, for me, I don't get my work emails on my phone. Um, because when I go home, I want to make sure all my stuff is done so that when I go home, like whatever we have planned, like I may, even if it's just falling asleep on the couch, like I want to be all in with her and not like, Oh, check on my phone, do my emails, programming, this and that. Like I really pride myself on the time management of getting this stuff done while I'm at work so that only in the case of emergency, do I need to, you know, take care of something while I'm at home. Um, so uh, balance is going to be different for everybody, but I definitely think, you know, up and coming coaches have the tough conversations, like get like, let, you know, when you're going on dates, like that might mean that the, the person you're really infatuated with is going to be turned off by the responsibilities of your career that, you know, that could very well be like for me, when I knew it's kind of like, if, I don't know if people watch game of Thrones anymore because the last season was so bad. But for me, like when I look back on when I took the the oath or took the black, if you will, like when you have to go up to the wall was my first semester interning at Georgia tech. I was an RA in the all freshman dorm. I was in a fraternity and Georgia tech was just coming off of having, you know, won the, um, the AC championship and I was interning and it was St. Patty's day and we had 6am lift. I had to be there at five. And the night before I stayed up till four and looking back on it, like as I'm coaching that group, as I'm coaching those, I got like the walk-on kickers and walk-on specialists in the back. As I'm coaching them, I'm just like, I'm gonna have to make a change, you know? Like I'm, I can't, I can't just go out on a weeknight anymore, you know? And that, and then, you know, as silly as that sounds, being an intern like that, that clicked then, and then it just made everything else, you know, be able to click more. And luckily, you know, I've been lucky and blessed to have very supportive parents who, you know, they don't try and guilt trip me if I'm not able to make something. And I, and then in turn for me, I make sure that I'm fully, uh, one of the times that I do get to visit, um, I make the most out of it and, and make sure we really get some quality time out of it. But even just going back, that's like the first memory I have of having to make a sacrifice for the field. And, you know, it's only just grown from there. Um, so I think that's really important for, no matter what your balance is to be honest with yourself and then honest with who you're going to spend, you know, your life with, cause you owe it to them. You know, you owe it to them to not have to, cause they're going to invest in you. So just like when we're talking about investing in network, like invest in your family, 
your kids. Um, and cause they're going to be investing in you and, and you owe it to them. You know, just like you owe it to your athletes, you know, just like you owe it to your athletes, you owe it to your sports staff, your athletic training staff, your school, you invest in them. They're going to invest in you back, but you got to be able to, um, to the reality of, you gotta be able to discuss those, those real deep and heavy, um, uh, topics or just potential things. Definitely. And, and shout out to your wife for being a nurse throughout a pandemic. It's greatly appreciated. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Steven Reich from five years ago, what would you tell him? Hmm. Five years ago, I would definitely tell him, you know, like appreciate, you got to appreciate the good times while they're there. Like I look back on some of the best times, you know, like the summer 2015, where we had a stellar internship group. It was one of the hardest summers I've ever worked with football. You know, like that was the, uh, you know, that was the year they, they won the SOCON, they beat South Carolina. We're there. I was just tasked with, I'm not the, the handiest of people. Um, I'm not a big handy man, but coach Boucher knew that. And I was like, well, you got to have a baseline level proficiency just in case. And he tasked me with the facility and it was a huge, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. And it, as silly as it sounds like to me, like I, I really wanted to do a good job for him. And like, I remember we, I did research on, uh, navel jelly. We, we had a rust problem with our chains and I had to do research on like in-depth research on how to, how does the Navy get rid of rust on their anchor chains and stuff. So we, it was just a crazy summer of just a tremendous time investment, tremendous uh, in, investment in me and, and what have you. And one of the best memories ever, you know, like I'll always cherish that summer I'm just a family and tighten it, uh, tighten it group that we had, like, enjoy that. Like I would call him and say, Steven, like you got to enjoy, don't get, you know, don't lose sight of the forest. Cause you're staring at a tree, like enjoy it. Embrace like the, the I want to say embrace the grind. Cause it's one of those cliche sayings that drives me nuts. But like it, while you're having these small interactions, setting up the field, you know, all the field speed work we were doing, all the sleds, all that stuff, like enjoy it. Like the workouts we were doing, the, the noon ball, like, uh, don't get so mad at that old guy from, from campus. That was like, that would drive you. Like, don't get mad at him. Just enjoy the fact that you're playing noon ball with your buds, you know, like your coworkers, the football staff. Um, and then like, also know too, that like, you're going to make a big change. Like, so five years from now would have been, you know, preparing to move to Chicago and the, learning from, from, you know, Charleston's a big city, but Dev doesn't feel like it. Whereas like Chicago is a big city and it feels like it. And like knowing that like life's going to be different, but like, you're going to figure it out. And like, don't be in such a rush to have it all figured out by the end of week one, you know, and that's one of those personal flaws for me. Like I love to have my ducks in a row and I will drive myself nuts trying to get my ducks in a row as soon as possible. It drives Becky nuts. Um, because it doesn't matter. Like we could be, you know, in the middle of something. It's like, Oh snap, we got to, let's go. I got to go to the DMV. I got to get this stuff done. Like I got to get my car, you know, the, the tag on the car. I got to, to register to vote. Like I got to just do all this crazy stuff right here, right now. 
And don't be in such a rush for that because like it works out. It works out great. And then, you know, and then the same thing applies there too. Like enjoy the great times, like enjoy the, the, the experiences with people and stuff, because that's what you, because when you're, because now, like that's what you look back on and it's like, man, those are good times. And then sometimes I've, you know, for me, I don't live in regret, but like, I know I probably could have enjoyed them more. So like, you know, you got to enjoy it. And that's making me enjoy the times now more, you know, like every little win, you know, <laughs> like last night we, we, you know, we beat Benedictine and it's like, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to go to practice today. You know, whereas like, I'm sure some of the girls are probably like, Oh, I want a day off. I want a day off. And it's like, nah, like we just won. Like it's fun. Let's get ready to win again Saturday, you know, and enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. And it's always good to remember to just enjoy the small things and, and remember and just embrace everything, you know, good or bad. It's always going to be a, a moment you can look back on and yeah. realize, you know, maybe that situation wasn't so bad. Right. Or even then it maybe helped you learn or maybe it was just something really great that happens. So what's next for Coach Reich? I mean, for me right now, I'm still just ingraining myself. I feel like my <sighs> – you know, one of the big draws of coaching at GCU was I'd be able to teach. You know, my parents are both teachers. Um, coaching is teaching if you really, like, think about it. <laughs> like, you know, when I'm coaching these kids, it's like, when the squat looks bad, what are you doing? You're teaching them, like, how to squat. You know, and, and then once they can squat good, you're teaching them why it's important to squat because they probably won't like it, you know, um, and how it applies. So you're always, like, teaching. And for me, I think that would be awesome to be able to teach here. But you know, with the, with the pandemic, things have just kind of gotten put on hold or the back burner, uh, you know, for me, like for instance, yesterday, I, uh, it was my first time performing a COVID test on a rapid, we do rapid tests three times a week. And I've been the recipient of a bunch, but yesterday I got to pick the noses of the referees for the game. Um, so, you know, I'm sure just as COVID protocols kind of go for me. It's kind of like just taking it one day at a time and like, okay, here's what we got today. Here's uh, trying to, you know, the million different contingency plans that we have. Um, so just trying to still right now uh, be where my feet are and mentally be where my feet are and still provide a high quality service to the student athletes here. Um, but yeah, like next, like I love the still be able to, you know, get this internship program up and running. We got a great, um, crop of, or a great crop isn't the right word. There's a natural resource here at GCU, which is their exercise science department. And, you know, for me tapping into that, getting some really good interns that can just further help us provide a high quality service to the student athletes here, um, is huge. And I, I'm excited for, you know, whenever we're able to pick that up again, um, you know, hope fingers crossed, hopefully in, in January. Um, but, you know, continue to develop that. Um, and then, you know, hopefully be able to start teaching some too, at least, you know, if anything to teach, and then you start looking and, and maybe grooming some students to be able to come help too. You know, maybe it's just one class here and, you know, one class a semester or something, but like, then you're able to see like, all right, who's providing some really good effort or who's, who's like asking some good questions that maybe like are curious, you know, and maybe you can, you know, pet that curiosity up a little bit. Um, and I think that's next, you know, that's, that's next. And then like in personal life with me and Becky, like, you know, in March will be our second year of our second year wedding anniversary. So, 
you know, a lot of times too, it's like, you know, what comes first, uh, you know, or whatever that saying goes, first comes love, then comes marriage and then a baby carriage or whatever. Like we'd like to be able to start a family, um, at some point. And if it's in the cards for us, you know, then that's, it's in the cards for us. Um, but personally that would be kind of awesome too. She's a triplet. So with her, yeah, her, with her siblings having kids, it's kind of, you know, the, the torch has been passed if you will. So it's a little bit of <laughs> needless pressure, but no, we're, but you know, like I said, she's my best friend. So, you know, for us, we're looking to kind of, you know, set some roots here. The weather's phenomenal here in Phoenix. The staff is phenomenal. Coach Borland does a great job of giving us the freedom and autonomy to, to be able to run our teams the way we want to. And really, um, and that's, for me, that's a lot of fulfillment there too, is the autonomy to, you know, to be a part of us under an umbrella, but be able to, you know, to run your stuff, how you think is best, you know, and be able to adjust accordingly. So he does a great job on staff. And then, you know, I love my, my, my coworkers. I think, you know, weirdly enough, even though we didn't get to hang out as in person as much during COVID, like we've gotten a lot closer and like, we'll never forget. Well, 2020, like I could, let's say I go into teaching or, or something like 30 years from down from now, I'm, you know, no longer a strength coach. Like I'm always going to remember 2020 and okay, well, who was I working with there in 20, who was in charge of women's soccer, who had to, you know, get creative with outdoor workouts because you couldn't be inside for whatever reason, like that's the stuff I'm going to remember forever. So, you know, whether they love me as much as I love them back, like that's hopefully they'll remember me too, because I remember them. So, you know, I want to really, you know, put my roots down here and, and just continue to add value to GCU. I think the school itself with having been kind of like newly division one, it's almost kind of, I want to say in the infancy, I was telling you just kind of last night, but the, the, sports performance department, athletic training, like we're really kind of like, we work really well together, but I think a lot of times too, with it being so new, sometimes the powers that be don't understand like how, what it means to, to run at a high level. So us trying to show them and, and, uh, us together, us in athletic training and, and even incorporating Liz, um, from the sports nutrition, uh, she's our sports uh, dietitian. Um, but she's for, once again, it's like, she's for, the athletics, but then also helps out with students too. So there's so much on her plate. Like let's get her involved to where it's like a real true sports performance department, you know, like how a lot of other schools do. So it's really kind of like an untapped gold mine. Like me and uh, coach Jackson from men's basketball talk about that all the time. And so, you know, it's an exciting place to be. And um, I'm just thankful that coach Borland, uh, you know, tasked me with being able to come in and, and help out. This is just how I think about it. Just helping out. No, that's awesome. And and what's your social media handles? Uh, do you want to give out your social media and give our listeners the best way to see what you got going on yeah. and, and reach out? You know, what's funny too, is I feel, I tell my athletes this all the time, like I'm ready for them to be able to put together a clean playlist with a bunch of different genres. So that way I can use their phone and I can videotape, I could do what I love to do, which is, you know, highlight their training efforts. Um, but they always have cuss words. So until, you know, for me, I've, I've been kind of slacking. My phone's been the ox. Um, but my Instagram is Steven Reich six. Um, six was my football number. And I just, I probably need to change it to like coach Steven Reich so I can get a blue check or something <laughs> or another. Nice, um, nice. But, uh, but that's also my Gmail too. So that's where it's kind of like easier for me to just uh, have my ducks in a row and stuff. Um, 
so Stephen Reich six is on uh, Instagram, and then obviously just Stephen Reich on on Facebook. Um, you know, my if you just look on the GC website, you can always send me an email, and um, I'm pretty good at I'm yeah I'm pretty good at responding to them. So just reach out if you have any questions about stuff I said or want to learn more about you know moves or you know how I got from one place or the other. Um, you know that's been kind of uh, uh, I have an open door so I can be as honest as you want to hear me. You know, thank you for being on the podcast today, coach. I definitely wanted to reach out and get your insights and your experiences. And I definitely want to make this podcast something that our listeners could tune into and, and get more insight on the real life and the real stresses of what it is to be a strength coach. You know, I, we don't get too much into weeds at the X's and O's. You know, if you want to know more about X's and O's, go read the books or go listen to uh, <laughs> right. you know, interviews and, and yeah. presentations on X's and O's. But here I want them to be able to hear and see and listen what it's like to be a strength coach and how we go about being a strength coach and getting to the next level. So thank you for providing that us that today. And, you know, I'll reach out here again soon in the future. No doubt, coach. And hey, just, you know, just in terms of also wanting to you know, thank you and continuing the podcast. Like, it's crazy to think that, you know, me coming up, I listened and have all, you know, Coach McKeefrey's Iron Game Chalk Talks from long, long ago, you know, and then like, you know, that when people change, you know, positions or, or responsibilities, like, you know, you always just hope that there's always at least one going on where you're always having, you know, just coaches talking to other coaches and, and their experiences. So it's, it's really weird to go kind of full circle and beyond it. So I just want to, you know, thank you for having me on and, you know, not asking me to just talk about like, okay, what's your uh, agility periodization and stuff, you know, cause it's like, for me, I haven't, I haven't been able to implement something periodized in a little bit of time, you know, like it's, so that's, that was refreshing. Um, and then if I could just have a second too, to just, you know, all of my mentors to just thank, you know, like, Coach Siano, Coach Baduzzi, they, you know, gave me my first shot as an as a as an intern at Georgia Tech. You know, obviously Coach Boucher, Coach Carizzi, um, that I'm sure everybody listening to this already knows who they are, but they, you know, they are family to me. Uh, Coach Pilara at Northwestern, and then the whole Northwestern staff, Tyler Jorgensen, Mike Schweiger, like they're family too. And and you know, having been through some of the stuff that we were all together, like you know, when I talk about being appreciative, like, and the good times and the good memories, like I'm never going to forget the, I could have dementia and I'm, that's the stuff I'm going to be remembering. Um, and then, you know, obviously wife, um, Becky and thanking me just being able to put up with me doing this stuff. And then, um, and then, yeah, then coach Borland here and the staff here of, of let me steal this little film room <laughs> for an hour and, and, and being able to talk to you and just have, you know, a fun conversation and stuff. So not that just thanks a lot of thanks coming after Thanksgiving, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and thank you. And I'll be definitely reaching out here again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Don't be a stranger. And, um, and yeah, stay safe. The iron game chalk talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection 
trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with Owen to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and Owen continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact Owen's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.